In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, on God, Amen. Today the Church commemorates Archangel Gabriel, the second among the seven Archangels, and his title is the Announcer, because he announced the glad tidings of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ to St. Mary, as well as also he announced to the Karayas the birth of John the Baptist. Also, the tradition tells us that Archangel Gabriel is the one who appeared to Joseph to tell him, don't be afraid to take Mary because her pregnancy is from the Holy Spirit. And also he is the one who appeared to Joseph, the carpenter, asking him to take the child and his mother to Egypt because Herod determined to kill all the children in Bethlehem. And after the departure of Herod, Archangel Gabriel also told Joseph to return back to Jerusalem. And also he told him to go to Nazareth in Galilee because Archelaus, the son of Herod, reigned over Judea. And the church honor and venerate Archangel Gabriel as the second among the seven archangels in the procession of Hosanna Sunday and also in the two feasts of the cross his icon comes after Saint Mary and even before Archangel Michael and there is a certain readings are read before his icon in this uh, procession. The word Gabriel means the power of God, the power of God, because he announced to us how God in his power conquered the kingdom of Satan and became the savior of the whole world. That's why the church chose today the gospel from Luke chapter 1, which is the Annunciation of the, regarding the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is the same chapter, actually, we heard it a few days ago in the second Sunday of the Coptic month, Kiak. Some observation about the Annunciation of Archangel Gabriel St. Mary regarding the birth of Jesus. Number one, he told her that and you shall call his name Jesus. So this name was given by the angel to uh, Saint Mary. Jesus is the same like Joshua, is the same like Hosea, and means Savior. And he was given this name, as Archangel Gabriel said, because he will save his people. Before the coming of Christ, the world was divided into two groups, the Jews or the Israelites who believed in God and worshipped God, and the Gentiles, the rest of the world, who did not worship God but worship idols. And 
St. Paul in his letter to Romans, he questioned whether those Gentiles who worship idols and they were following the natural law in their heart and the Jews who followed the Mosaic law, the law of Moses, whether they will be able to be saved. And the conclusion that the law of Moses could not save the people and the natural law could not save the people. So everyone actually in the whole world needs a savior. That's why with the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, the announcement is the birth of the Savior of the whole world. Each single person in the world needs the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. For there is no other name can save you except the Lord Jesus Christ. So after the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, those who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and accepted him as their king, their savior, followed his commandments, followed his teaching, they will be saved. But those who deny the Lord Jesus Christ and refused to accept him as their God, their savior, their king, unfortunately, if they persisted in their unbelief, they will not be saved. As we read in the last verse in, in John chapter 3, He who believes in the Son of God shall be saved, but he who does not believe in the Son of God will not be saved, but the wrath of God will come upon him. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. John 3.36 So he is the savior of the world. He is the savior of the whole world. And that's why actually the people recognize that the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ is a very important event in the history of the whole world. That's why the history of the world is divided into before Christ and after Christ. So the birth of Christ divided actually the history, the time, into before and after Christ. I know these days they are trying to change before Christ. They don't want to use it. But the reality, if the, whether they like it or not, when we say we are celebrating uh, tomorrow, the beginning of a new year, 2023, this means 2023 from the birth of Christ. Why the birth of Christ is actually divided the time into before and after? Because with his birth, the news of salvation, the, the world will be saved, which was impossible before through the natural law or through the law of Moses. What was impossible before now is possible through the birth of Christ. That's why he told her, he told Mary, that you shall call his name Jesus, because he will save his people. The second point, he told her, he will be great. He will be great. Of course, 
if God becomes man, he will be great. So what did he mean that he will be great? Archangel Gabriel is not speaking about the hypostasis of son before the incarnation, but he is speaking about the incarnated son of God, the divinity that's united with the humanity in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this God-man, the incarnated Son of God, is great. Why he is great? Because he fulfilled all the righteous requirement of the law, which all of us failed to fulfill. As he said to John the Baptist, it is befitting us to fulfill all righteousness. And why he fulfilled all the righteous requirement of the law? Why? So, when I am united with him, in him I will be considered righteous. That is the righteousness of Christ that was given to us as a free gift and we receive it in the baptism. So, he will be great because he is the only one who fulfilled all the righteous requirement of the law. St. Paul, in his letter to Romans, explained that there were two ways to be righteous. One way is to try to gain this righteousness through your own effort, through your own works. And these people will never become righteous. But the other way, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you are united with him, then when you are united with him, you will be righteous in him. That's what he said in Romans chapter 9 from verse 30. He said, what shall we say then? The Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness, who did not pursue righteousness according to the law of Moses, because they were worshipping idols, have attained to righteousness. So those Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness according to the law of Moses, they became righteous, have attained to righteousness. How? Even the righteousness of faith. Because they believed in the Son of God, the Savior of the world. They united themselves to Him through baptism, through communion, through repentance, through following His commandment. So believing in Him, it is not just a mental decision to believe in Him, but believing in Him means believing in His commandments, believing in His words. So you are abiding in Him, and he is abiding in you. These Gentiles have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. What about Israel? Israel, who did not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and still until today, they are pursuing the righteousness through the law of Moses, which cannot save them. He said in verse 31, but Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, has not attained to the law of righteousness. They, were, they are not able to become righteous. Because the law of Moses only is like diagnostic, like x-ray, like MRI. It doesn't cure the sin. 
it revealed the sin. It exposed our sin. But it did not cure our sins. It did not forgive our sin. There is no power in it to forgive our sins. St. Paul explained in Hebrews that the blood of animals cannot forgive our sins. And the law of Moses actually pointed to the Savior. He told us that God will raise a prophet from among you. If you believe in him, you will be saved. So the law of Moses pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ and instructed us to believe in him. The righteous shall live by faith. Which faith? To believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he is great. Great because he, the only one, fulfilled the all righteous requirement of the law. He did not need to fulfill his God, but he fulfilled the righteous requirement of the law for our sake. So when we are united with him, we will be great in him. So his greatness is for our sake. Also, Archangel Gabriel made it very clear to St. Mary and to all of us that this baby that will be born from St. Mary, he is God who became man, and also he is the king of kings. When he told her that he will be called the son of the highest, because he is the son of the father. The son of the father, in the fullness of day, he became man. And I want to make it clear that St. Mary did not give birth to a human being, and then the divinity united to this human being. This is heresy. That's the heresy of Nestorius. When he said that St. Mary gave birth to a human being, called Jesus, and the divinity now is united to this human being. This is heresy, the heresy of Nestorius. Because this heresy makes man becomes God. Man becomes God. And this is heresy. Our Lord Jesus Christ is not a man who becomes God, but he is God who became man. Big difference between God became man or man became God. So he is God who took the humanity from Saint Mary. And that's why we worship him, because he is God. That's why we say in, in the creed, he is one in essence with the Father. He is true God of true God. He is light of light. He is not less than the Father, although he is the Son of God, but in honor and in dignity, in at all the attributes of the Father are the attributes of the Son, except that the Father is the Father. From him the Son was begotten and the Holy Spirit proceeds. And the Son is the Son of the Father. The Father did not come from the Son, but the Son is begotten from the Father. But he is a true God, as we say in the Greek. True God of true God, light of light, of one essence with the Father. The same essence, the same divinity with the Father. And also he is a king. He told the Saint Mary, and the Lord 
God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. If we analyze these words, any human being will reign until he dies. David reigned until he dies, then Solomon came, reigned until he died, then Rehoboam came until he died, and so on. But how come he will reign over the house of Jacob forever? How come his kingdom, there will be no end? And we say it in the creed, his kingdom shall have no end. Then clearly Archangel Gabriel is not speaking about earthly kingdom, but speaking about heavenly kingdom. As the Lord Jesus Christ said to Pontius Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. So it is a heavenly kingdom. Let me explain. After the fall of Adam and Eve, Satan reigned over the whole world, over the old descendant of Adam. So when any person is born, he is born in the kingdom of Satan. He is born in darkness. He is born as a slave. He is born as a sinner. As we say in the Divine Liturgy, death reigned over us because we are born in the kingdom of Satan, darkness, sinful, under the sentence of death. So the Lord Jesus Christ came to establish kingdom, a spiritual kingdom. And he established this kingdom on the cross. That's why we say, your throne, O Lord, is forever. Which throne? The cross. The cross is the throne of Christ. So on, on the day of his crucifixion, he established the kingdom of Christ here on earth. And it's a spiritual kingdom. Inclusion chapter 1, St. Paul spoke about how the Father transferred us to the kingdom of the Son of his beloved. He says, Colossians 1 verse 13, who has delivered us from the power of darkness. Power of darkness is the kingdom of Satan. He delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. In our prayers, we say, our Lord, our King. He is our King. We are not waiting for millennium to start and the Lord come and reign on earth. Already the millennium started on the cross. That is the day. And St. Paul spoke in the past tense. He conveyed us, he transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. When actually we exit the kingdom of Satan and join the kingdom of Christ on the day of our baptism, when we renounce Satan, that's actually, we renounce Satan means, I will never, I will no more stay in your kingdom. I will not be under your rule. I will not be under your authority. And then when we confess the Lord Jesus Christ, that's when actually we accept the Lord to be our King, our Savior, our Lord. That's why in the commandment that Abuna reads to the parents after they baptize their children. Abuna tells them the day in which they were born, the children, they were born slaves. 
But today, actually, they were released from the kingdom of Satan and they are transferred into the kingdom of Christ. He tells them, today, my beloved, your children have become heirs of the life with Christ the Master. Today, your children have received the pledge of life and have become rooted in the true and orthodox faith. The day on which they were born, they were slaves. The day on which they were born, they were slaves and not free. But today, they have become conquerors over the plots of the wicked. Through, again, our Lord Jesus Christ. This kingdom, the kingdom of Christ, will remain until the second coming of Christ, when the Son delivers the kingdom to God the Father. As we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he will deliver the kingdom to God the Father. So Archangel Gabriel, he said about the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the Savior, he is the greatest, he is the Son of God, he is God who became man, and he is the King, and he established a spiritual kingdom for us. He delivered us from the power of darkness, and actually now we become in his kingdom. So today while we are celebrating and commemorating the feast of Archangel Gabriel, we need to remember all the good news that he announced to us. Yes, he announced it to Saint Mary, but these good news are announced to all of us. That's why we celebrate and we commemorate him, because he brought glad tidings to all the world that the Savior, the King, the Son of God, became man for our sake. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.